What's up, all you business geeks out there? How are you doing today on this Monday, as I as I call it, Motivational Monday, uh, here in Internet World? There's there's oh, there's just so much going on. I feel I feel like I don't feel like a million bucks. I feel I feel like about about three fifty. Uh, right Aww. now, <laughs> yeah, right. I feel better Aww. than I did last week, though. Sorry to everybody who uh, was hoping that we would come through last week and have an episode. I just, I really was completely. I couldn't even hear out of my right ear at all. I just felt really, really bad. And today, I don't feel that great either. Um, but I feel, I feel a lot better. Just, yeah, you know, getting there, getting there. Uh, we have a a great episode for you this week, talking about the six hour workday uh which is all jen's idea because it is jen's episode for anyone who didn't know uh we're also looking at talking about uh a one cool thing that you should probably use especially if you've ever been hacked before and let's see we have uh another simple hack that could tank your business uh i'm wonder i'm wondering is that is that based on uh is that it looks like it might be based on the on the one cool thing actually <laughs> they are related they are related and yes, then we in their own way how how are both of you feeling this week we we doing we doing well better than me i hope <laughs> amazing definitely better than you joe we're so looking forward to when you're feeling back to your normal self oh thank you i i appreciate that so jen let's let let you kick it off right your episode you're uh you're bringing up the should we be working six hours a day yeah so this is a harvard business review article i came across making a very strong case for the six hour work day i love this topic because The whole paradigm of a nine to five workday is really antiquated and based on something that really doesn't exist uh, right now. So the 40-hour workweek actually came about as part of the Fair Labor Standards Act of 1938. And what they were trying to do is they were trying to curb abuse in factories and that sort of thing. So it was needed at the time um, because we needed to you know, standardize labor standards, standardize labor standards, well, you know, have labor standards to curb the exploitation of factory workers. So anyway, so that's where the nine to five day was born. But a lot has changed since then, right? A lot. Oh, so much. So much has changed. And um, when things change uh, and the paradigm doesn't change with it, well, now we are left with you know, employees that are in a constant state of distraction and hyper responsiveness in, you know, in the office, Um, they might be working 40 hours a week, but they're actually not productive 40 hours a week. And so there are this this article goes through um, a lot of studies that have pointed out how little work we're actually doing. And in fact, 
Um, what did, let's see, a recent study found that while 40% of American adults work 50 hours or more a week, well, let's just throw the 40 hour week out the window because we're all working 50 plus hours. People that are have traditional employment might be working 50 hours. They're probably still only getting paid for 40. Anyway, um, of those- let's, And let's just not even add, let me just jump in there. Yes, Commuting now is not what it was. Like, I know that Leon a year ago was commuting two hours morning, two hours night. That added four hours every single day to his 10 to 12 hours. It's ridiculous. It is ridiculous. So now now, uh, the study says that we're only actually spending three hours a day doing actual work. And it's not because we're lazy. It's just because that we are, you know, you're only programmed to do so much deep work where your mind can really focus. And there are so many distractions happening in your typical office environment um, that people can't actually do their work. You know, I'm thinking, you know, my husband, Thor, he works in, well, he doesn't work in an office because he's, he has a work from home position, but he spends so much time in meetings. It's a meeting about a meeting and let's have, <laughs> let's have more meetings. And it frustrates him because what's happening is everybody's just sort of avoiding work, right? Because mm. we that nobody's really to make a decision and all of these things. So Glenn here says he would love a 12 hour work day. Well, you know what, Glenn, I'm kind of with you. I'm a workaholic, self-professed. I don't like, I don't really pay attention much to my hours. I pay more attention to my lifestyle and whether the work I'm doing is satisfying and I'm passionate about it. Um, So if it's 12 hours and I'm having a good time, then I'm okay with that. But I think there's a lot to be said for, you know, thinking really deeply and re um, reimagining the traditional workday. Totally. Mm. I think that we need to stop thinking that work is tied around a number of hours and start to think about outcomes instead. Like, wouldn't it be better if we could even achieve our outcomes in four hours a day and then we spent four hours going and doing something that we were passionate about, spending time with our family, spending time, you know, going and doing something else, achieving the same outcomes because, I don't know about you guys, but I see people just wasting so much time at work because they're exhausted. They're not actually productive. They're just there. That's exactly <laughs> right. So who cares how many hours you work if you are getting things done? Mm-hmm. And now we have the the internet and the information age, and we can really, mo- a lot of jobs can be done from anywhere. So we're just, um, we have to readdress how you know how we're approaching the workday our expectations from our workforce and why do we have to sacrifice our quality of life for an outdated paradigm it makes mm. no sense i think this quarantine has been great for one thing and that is for a lot of us to reimagine what work looks like Yes, I totally agree. There was actually something in the article that I've written down that I really loved, and that was that so many people are wasting time on tasks after most of the value is being delivered. So deliver the value, get it done, and then because we're tied into this thinking of being there for a certain amount of time, it's just useless after that. It's just time. Like, what is that? Can we talk about the Pareto Principle? Ah, yeah, I love the Pareto Principle. All right. The law of nature that is the Pareto Principle stipulates that about 20% of our tasks will will create 
about 80% of the value. So it's about focusing on those high value tasks, just like Samantha just said. We, we, we also, we, we tend to make our things take as long as they need to take, right? Like if we have eight hours, we will find a way to find enough YouTube videos, enough Facebook posts, enough <laughs> stumble upons to make it take that eight hours. And I, I, I'm guilty. I'm guilty of that. Like, uh, I had to redo some sales pages this past week, you know, this weekend, some, you know, web design stuff. And I found a way to make it take four five, six hours. Now, did it have to take that long? Probably not. But, you know, you're trying to, like, come up with ideas and, and work through a bunch of things at the same time. And, you know, then you're like, oh, I got to give myself a little break. I got to stand up. I got to walk around, pace back and forth, shoot some baskets behind me over here. You know, do things. that, And then it's just like, oh, man, how did four or five hours go away? In fact, mm. I was watching this weekend, a, a, actually with Melissa, a, a YouTube video where Mr. Bro, who's uh, Mr. Beast's brother, for anyone who knows who that is, they built a Lego pyramid for him to live in for one night. And the amount of time it took to build a, I think it was only like 30,000 Lego pieces or something. So it wasn't even like that much. And they had a lot of people. It just didn't seem like they were getting a whole lot done there uh, mm. with their time. Like, they, mm. I feel like they, they could have probably got it done a lot faster. I, that's me, I, you know, uh, armchair quarterbacking, if that makes sense to stand <laughs> down there. <laughs> well, the talking about those 12 hour work days, Jen, because I think that all of us can get caught in them. I can easily pull out a 12-hour workday myself. However, however, what I realize is when I'm on the road and when Leon and I are doing things, I can do that in four hours. Oh, yeah. I can do the exact same amount of work in four hours that, that my 12 hours isn't probably as productive as, you know, three lots of four hours. So, well, and you're, yeah, exactly. And, and when you spread it out for 12 hours, you're not doing your deepest, most mm-hmm. effective, productive work because your body just physiologically does not have the capability to be in that state for so long. So you're, you're exactly right. One thing that I learned to do with myself, and this is by virtue of having Sparent, my virtual agency, you know, we have a motto at Sparent and, and that is everything has a deadline. Like there, there are, there, there's nothing that's just like, Hey, get it done when you, whenever you get a chance, everything has a deadline. And I realize that that's effective personally as well. If I give myself a deadline on every single thing that needs to get done, then all of a sudden I'm not taking 12 hours to do a two hour task because it has a deadline. It needs to get done. It needs to move. It needs to move off the plate. I also have the luxury of using sparents. Well, which is mm. um, <laughs> delegate, but delegate it is parents. I can give the work away, but but yeah, I think I think we have to not just people in traditional employment situations, but us as business owners mm. have to really really guard our time and respect it like nobody's business because the time is the one thing you can't make more of, right? Absolutely. You can make more money, you can't make more time. Absolutely. Something that I started doing this year that's a little bit different to having deadlines on everything is I've started to prioritize things. So I'm sure you guys have got a to-do list like mine that's like way lo- <laughs> way taller than you or maybe yes. just me, a very long to-do list. But what I do is write the top three tasks that I want to, to do 
in that day that are going to move the needle the most. So I look through my to-do list the night before and say, what are the three things that are going to move the needle the most in my business? And I put those three at the top. I must finish those three. If I get past those three, great. If I don't, doesn't matter. I repeat it the next day. And what I've discovered is the amount of things that sit on my list that when they've been there long enough, you realize they're just time fillers. They're not really going to move the needle. They're just shuffling paper kind of tasks. So that has worked really, really well for me. Yeah, I, I, I couldn't agree more about the the moving the needle thing and, and trying that using that as the barometer of staying focused and staying mm. on task of like, okay, great. There's these other things that need to be done. Like, could I just go pay somebody else to do them? Well, if I can't, if I don't have the money to do that, well, then I guess I'm not doing the things to move the needle enough to be able to go pay somebody else to go do them. So mm. it goes back, you know, so it just goes back to sitting on the board and it's, you know, getting, you can't allow yourself to get hung up on those things. I, you know, I really am, I, and I've been passionate about that idea for a long time that, uh, people that like, ah, you know, I've been here for like 13 hours or 14 hours or 12, you know, 18 hours. Like, okay, great. Well, here's two, here's two things, right? If you're a, if you're working with other people, like, what do you expect everybody else to do? Like literally Mm. get a cot and live in the, like live in the building because like you're, because you're there nonstop or B, how much are you really accomplishing during that time? Yeah, you're available. Yeah, you can do those things. But like, I mean, if you're already sacrificing your life for that like that, then that's on that's on you. Like, I, mm. I'm not I, nobody else should feel bad about it at that point, you know? Yeah. That, well, that, Jen, do you mind if I just ask Joe a question here? Because I know this is your – there was something really interesting in this article which I've pulled out, and I know this is something you're super passionate about, Joe, and that's Inbox Zero. And, mm. and we know I am not Inbox Zero. I've got like 25,000 emails in my inbox. I and, am uh, also not Inbox Zero. Yeah. Oh. And what it said in this article, and I, I really liked this, it said that having Inbox Zero is a bad of honor it's not a badge of honor but a symbol of proficiency at putting other people's goals ahead of your own is that a negative thing i don't I just it's saying say, it's that it's saying like a that thing. yeah so so what i what i really loved about this because for me i'm like okay so i just deal with my with my emails and then i move along and do something just as important i don't waste time doing inbox zero this is saying the same thing that you know, going for inbox zero is putting other people's goals ahead of your own. Is it really that important to get to inbox zero? Is it, is it the best use of your time? So here's and I wanted thing. your, yeah. 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 So I, I, I agree. Yes. I, I think that there's some, some merit to that. I think it depends on what kind of emails you have in your inbox and like looking at my inbox right now, like I have 19 emails in there and it, it's, it's, it's <gasps> me up yeah. Well, the oldest email is from April 20th. I have yet to respond to that email. And I, I actually feel really guilty that I haven't and I need to. So it, to me, it's not so much about that. And the reason it's not, I don't treat it like that is because I use Boomerang. So do either of you use Boomerang? No. I have. Right. I stopped. Have and, I'm, and I don't I'm remember sorry. why. 
<laughs> oh, okay. So to me, that inbox zero really wouldn't necessarily be possible without Boomerang. And what Boomerang allows you to do is take an email and then have it come back to you if, like, if it meets certain criteria, right? If no one replies to it, then it should come back to your inbox. If um, you could set it to just, hey, in two weeks, come back to me. Like, and, and a lot of times that's what I'll do to get back to you know, as, as few emails as possible. Because I use it as a, as a checklist of things I need to do rather than a, I got to get back to everybody. Because I don't get back to everybody all the time as quickly as I would probably prefer to. But I use Boomerang to like, okay, I know in like three or four or five, six days, I might have more time to deal with this boomerang it back to me in my inbox so it's gone from my inbox and six days later it comes back into my inbox and i say oh, okay do i have time for this do i not have time for this and i go from there with it so like in my inbox right now just looking like i have i have to return something to i have to take it to kohl's to return for amazon right so there's a the the qr code so like i'll probably actually right now i will let me let me pull my screen up here right so i'm going okay. to uh i'm going to boomerang this for tomorrow morning it'll come back in my inbox at 6 a.m boom so i just went from 19 emails down to 18 emails this is a, a notification saying that they're going to ship my D walt disney world magazine to me uh ding ding i'm, I'm excited to be getting that because we signed up for a year since we won't be going to disney world anytime soon right and this is cool like this is awesome so you know what goes my receipts now i'm down to 17 emails you know what I mean? So just like this email, I know by Max, like shout out to Maxwell Ivy, the blind blogger. I, I got to get back to him at some point. So I start it and what I'll probably, what I'll do right now so I can get back to him. Um, I'll have it come back to me in tomorrow morning and I'll deal with it in the morning. So now oh, I'm Th thanks emails. for letting us talk about that because I think that yeah. there's people that are either like me and have a lot of emails or inbox zero. And it's interesting always to me to hear which way people prefer it. Yeah, I, and it's and that's the thing. It's like, is it is it perfect? No, I'm a, I'm still at 14 emails. Like this, um, you break, I fix. I know I got to get back to that. I got to get back to the store at some point. But like, it's not imperative. So you know what? In two weeks, this email will come back up and remind me that hey, I got to get back and pick up that i that that item from that store when I actually care about going to pick it up. So in the meantime, like, and then this email right here, like this can just go into the icon archive. Bam. And now it's I'm the Joe Pardo email show. But that's the whole thing. Like, that's fun. the point. Like every, you know, everybody thinks that inbox zero is some kind of like craziness, but it's, it's not like if I didn't have boomerang, it is a little bit harder. And, and believe me, I've heard plenty of stories of like, Oh, you can't have inbox zero. Cause like my so-and-so coworker tried to do that. You know what they did? Delete. They just mass deleted everything. Oh, I didn't see your email. And like, how do you live your life like that? Like, how? how? That's what would drive me insane if I had to work with somebody that was like, oh, yeah, I just, at the end of the day, I just delete all my emails. It's, they're just gone. But I guess it's no, is it really much different from you or you or you, or you in the sense that you have 25,000 emails in there and it probably gets lost in the shuffle? Oh, I'm sure there's plenty that gets lost in there. Yeah, I just try not to be, you know beholden so much to my inbox because mm. you know it's other people dictating your time yeah you know? mm -hmm. and so yeah so I, I i try to i have a more holistic approach i i could do better at it for sure but yeah i don't like to spend a lot of time like trying to get down to zero because yeah i'm a little out of control at this point but anyway that's that's email i i think the one last question i want to pose on this subject is how how do we lead the charge in the six hour workday, or at least in rethinking how we 
consume time in the workforce. Like we're all business owners. So, I mean, we have the opportunity to put in place a six hour workday or, Mm -hmm. or just have a, in my case, we just, we don't really do that. We don't really require like a certain number of hours a day. We are more outcome based, but but we also work with independent contractors. So the employment Mm -hmm. is, um, yeah, it's a little bit of a different arena in terms of what you can expect from employees versus independent contractors. So I'm just wondering, like, I, I feel like it takes, you know, some, some big players to, to really not just experiment, but just put it in place. Like, we're going to be outcome based and then to have them not play with the salaries, like, because maybe you're technically your workforce is going to work less hours, but as long as the outcomes are the same, then their pay shouldn't be affected. But I have a mm. feeling that maybe some employers might experiment with this thinking that they could reduce they can save their money. Costs. Yeah. yeah. So I don't want to see that happen. I don't know. I'm just uh, spitballing here. Just yeah, no, and well, I think it's really good. Examples of that, though. There's example. Um, there was a pay. I, was... I can't remember the name of the company, but wasn't there a pay a pay company or some sort of payment gateway or? How? Uh, do you know what I'm? No, it wasn't PayPal. I can't remember what it was. I probably I didn't know you were going to look it up, Joe. So I didn't. I'm, I'm uh, did to... do some. I'm trying to look it up right now. I yeah, there there was a, at least one or two examples of like uh, companies that that experimented with the idea that you could work. The, you know, it doesn't matter as long as the work gets done, right? Mm. You could work eight hours, you could work six hours, right. you could work twelve hours. It's really up to you. You yeah. could work, and then in the middle of the day, have to go pick up your kid, and that's fine. It doesn't come off like they don't worry about it. I forget who it was. I, I want to say it was like Amazon or Dell or. Some, I'd be surprised it was Amazon from what I hear. Yeah, but, I would have thought yeah. not Amazon. <laughs> well, it was for the it was for the upper echelon of workers. It wasn't, oh, you know, not the people that make a difference down the bottom. Yeah. No. Not, not the warehouse workers. No. <laughs> um, yeah, that, you know, that's interesting. Well, I do, you know, Thor, his last uh, employer, they had something, and I'm sure you've heard of this, unlimited vacation. Yes. So oh. unlimited. Like the, you just, I was like, you want to go on vacation for six months, but in, in application, it's not reality because you obviously have to be there for your team. You have things and deadlines and, you know, benchmarks you have to accomplish and, and answer to. So you can't just take off for a six month vacation. So it's just interesting because when you first hear unlimited vacation, it seems like this awesome benefit. Uh, but I think really what they were probably trying to do is do more outcome based, you know, um, work environment. Which was-, was it? A, was it a work on the road kind of thing, Jen? Like, as in they could take unlimited vacations, but they actually had to work? Is that what you were saying? No, I've never they, heard of this before. They called it vacation, unlimited vacation. So it was basically unmetered, right? So you could take a week here, a day there, two days there. You know, they were what they were saying is you know, the work, you know, the outcome is more important. But just by saying unlimited vacation, your mind goes a little somewhere else. And that was interesting. I mean, I appreciated the progressiveness. They went, they filed uh, chapter 11, they're gone. Uh, But anyway, uh, doesn't mean it wouldn't work somewhere else. (laughs) 
<laughs> well, so so when I, when I worked at uh, HopeWorks, we they uh, they switched to this this unlimited vacation, and and I remember some of my friends who worked in working companies in New York City and being like, no, 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 we don't like that because everybody is like kind of hold like you actually feel guilty every time you take vacation because it's not metered and it's not mm. regulated. Mm-hmm. And I remember like bringing that up as a concern, and everyone was like, oh no, Joe, that's crazy. Like, why would you do that? Why would you? Why would you? bring that up and i'm like well because the way i operate i i would feel like i shouldn't take any days off so so that was actually my very first thought was i wonder how many people feel guilty for taking that yeah well the the idea is is that if you're not if you're if you're missing so much time then you're not producing the work and if you're not producing the work then there's other breakdowns elsewhere right so it's so it's that's the whole idea it's like if you're getting your work done then don't worry about it but if you aren't getting your work done then you taking two weeks off here and then a week later taking another week off and then taking three days off and another week off and another week off like it's all going to come out like it's all going to come out anyway that yeah. you're not doing. And I think Brent doing. Brent has just made a really good point that it really depends on the company and the culture. I think it, I think it yeah. does. Keep in mind is vacation time is really easy to measure, right? You're either working or you're not. I think what's harder to measure now is actually how many hours we're all working because we're so <laughs> accessible mm. via email and text message. And I mean, really, for a lot of us, the office never turns off and we're not really factoring in the emails we're returning at 10 o'clock at night or, you know, I know Thor often gets up and, you know, he's up at like 530 and he's, you know, returning an email mm. and not really factoring that time into his, you know, salaried hours. He's just doing it to make his day a little easier or just to get back to somebody uh, because they're in a different time zone. And so even though it's, you know, 530 here, it might be the middle of the day there. So, I don't think that's an unusual uh, situation. I think a lot of us are just our work day is really the lines are so blurry now. So blurry. And I think that and it comes back to the six hour work day and it comes back to what you're talking about there, Jen. I think that we really need to put boundaries in place. I think that as a culture of our companies, we need to allow ourselves or and our staff to have boundaries. I know at the start of the pandemic, I was starting to get really anxious because I was getting messages on Messenger from clients at like 10 p.m., 11 p.m., midnight. They were probably sending a message because they were being kept awake because they were worried or they may mm-hmm. have been like, I'll send it now while it was in my head. But it was making me super anxious and super ooh, frustrated. I actually have deleted the Messenger app off my phone. So if my laptop's not open and it's shut, the end. I don't Boundary. know if there's a message there. And I feel so much better. And I think that it should be okay for us to do that. And I think that it's okay for our staff to do that as well. Absolutely. Yeah. Wow. Uh, Marsha, who is uh, Marsha Sheehan, who is joining us here. Um, she is my expert on girlfriend on boundaries. She writes about it. She talks about it. She's got a podcast about it. Um, she oh, is Marsha. I love it. Yes. She leads the charge on our personal and professional boundaries and has led masterminds and classes on exactly how to define them because it's not easy. 
It's Ooh, not. Marsha, we need to connect. Reach out. You're on my train. <laughs> <laughs> or I'm on your train by the sound of it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, not only do we have to make them, we have to respect them and other people. Yes. And we have to allow space for them. Like, I have a friend. I haven't seen her since the quarantine. And she's amazing. Um, and she she let me know and other people know that she was not connecting with people on zoom. Like it just wasn't, it drained her energy. She didn't like it. Um, and she's like, no, we're not getting on a zoom call together. And I could have, you know, I could have gotten my feelings hurt that she didn't make an exception for me. But instead I was like, I totally understand. And I'm going to respect that boundary because that's a boundary that you defined. You made it clear. It wasn't personal. It was broad, you know, broad scope boundaries for everybody. Um, but I really admired her for putting that in place when we were all like feeling anxious and like everyone was just zooming out for a while. Mm. I think we probably still are. But anyway, I, yeah, I think you have to respect other people's boundaries. I have a friend um, that doesn't like texts. She doesn't like you texting her. She doesn't like it. Like call <laughs> wow. her, email her. She doesn't want you texting her. That's fine. You've got to respect people's boundaries because then they'll respect yours. Mm. I think wow. this is a great conversation that you've brought up, Jen. And I think that's a conversation that as business owners and leaders that we need to start to open up this conversation more. What does a work day look like? Was What does productivity look like? And I know a question that you asked before is how do we change it? I know with my team, we talk at the beginning of the week about what, what are requirements to be done this week? What are absolutely must, what do we must get done? And that's a conversation that the that uh, me and the team have every week. And I think that's a really good place to start. Absolutely. That's an excellent place to start. Love it. All mm. right. I love that conversation, guys. I'm so, so good, Jen. So good. Yeah. Always I'm bringing glad. up the good stuff. Well, I'm, I'm glad. <laughs> I'm glad I was able to do that. That was that was nice. Yeah, I think I, I think there's a lot to be said for for trying to set those boundaries and then actually sticking to it. Because I think that's I think that's a whole a whole nother episode right there. Uh, mm-hmm. us just talking about sticking to those boundaries. So maybe in a, you know, click the like button on uh, Facebook or, or uh, the subscribe button on YouTube. If you're playing along on YouTube or the podcast of your podcast platform of your choice, please, please, please. Uh, we will be, we'll be definitely bringing that up. In fact, I'm going to write that down in our topics yeah. in a second. Let, let us think... know what you want to hear more of, what, yeah. what the discussions you would like to have. That was yeah. terrible English. What the discussions, discussions you want to have. have. <laughs> I liked it. Uh, yeah, I, I can get behind it. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it's a, a sign of the quarantine because I, I did the same thing. I had a really bad grammar the other day. Uh, we had like a lot of recycling and I told her, I was like, we have too much boxes and he's like, you mean too many boxes? So I was like, no, too much boxes. Oh. <laughs> he's like, you need to maybe talk to more people and uh, work on your grammar. Oh, uh, I wish I could blame the pandemic. I've just always spoken like this. <laughs> anyway, our, our chat is busier than it has been in the past couple episodes, and I feel like I'm neglecting it. Oh, my gosh. Uh, Marcia says self-governing <laughs> is the only way to make it work. Open, honest conversations, too. Great advice. Lisa, we Wishes she could get herself trimmed down to six hours. Lisa, you are a very hardworking woman, uh, DC fempreneur. I know how hard you work. I don't know how you would get things down to six hours, uh, knowing all that you do in a day. But I hope you're able to do it. What else did I miss? Brent's in there too. 
Yeah, I was going to blame the Aussie slang, Brent, but I thought there might be some Aussies on that will call me on that. <laughs> Let's just say it's definitely. Uh... Yeah, that's right. You could just blame Aussie slang anytime. Absolutely. You have oh, oh, yeah, that's a thing. That's what we do here. That's that's how we speak. <laughs> Uh, well, uh, Jen, did you want to talk about your one cool thing before we wrap up and get out of here? Yeah, I'm, I'm afraid that everyone has heard of my one cool thing. They but... probably have. Okay. <laughs> it's amazing how many people haven't. I know this. That's what I was hoping. So we we all have to manage a lot of passwords. And in the olden days, we could use one password for everything. And it was usually the name of your pet. But now <laughs> we can't do that. We cannot do that. We have to have very complex uh, passwords that we can't keep in our head in order to keep everything safe from those awful hackers. And what is a girl to do when she needs 4,000 passwords in a day? Mm -hmm. Um, Last pass is where it's at. It's it's the password manager that you know you need to have. Um, And if you don't use LastPass, at least use something. Um, I know Google Google Chrome has a a built-in password manager. Um, You know, Apple does too. So uh, whatever works for you. But I think you, um, I, I like LastPass because you can also have other people have access to your last pass mm-hmm. where they, they can yep. log into your trusted sites without actually seeing or knowing your password. So mm. I think that's real slick and real important, partic- particularly if um, you're working with virtual assistants or Absolutely. a team um, or even employees that might need access to proprietary information or um, you know access to all sorts of accounts. Um, this is a way that you can keep it safe and secure. There is a free uh, free version, I believe, and and then you know there's also paid versions. But but check it out because guess what? I mean, if you if you get hacked, you know that's going to cost you a lot more than this this very um, reputable password management service. Last pass, get on it, everyone. I love this. We we ask all of our clients to have this. We don't ever want to see their passwords. Because no. I don't want to be put in a position where if their site gets hacked, we get blamed for it either. Like there's two two sides to this story. Mm. You know? So uh, right. I, I think it's a fantastic, fantastic program. And if you haven't already, please make sure that you have signed up for two-factor authentication wherever it's available, including Facebook. Facebook's mm-hmm. getting hacked more. Uh, I, mean, I mean, I'm having friends almost weekly getting their Facebook accounts hacked, um, and they don't have two-factor authentication set up, which will help protect them from that. So anyway, be, be careful out there. There are some bad people on the Internet in case nobody told you. No. No. Yeah. Really, Jen? <laughs> <laughs> It's just, uh, you know, it can be a scary place out there. Marsha's given a fantastic piece of advice. Just use your social security number and date of birth. I think yes. that is fantastic. Very sarcastic. <laughs> Don't Please forget do your maiden name. This. <laughs> well, actually, there, there's one more thing to go along with this. Since we're on that, that, that the the train to security. Yes. Uh, and and it's something I never really thought about myself. I think I had heard about it a few times, but never really thought about. It. And and now after the Twitter, you know, folly of of so many people being hacked, 
um, using the same email address for your social accounts and for other accounts that you do for your personal email. Because then all of a sudden it's like not only if, especially if you're using the same password, like mm. you're using the same password. Now they know your email address, like bam, now they're, they're mm. getting into your email. So oh. using like some, I didn't some know that. burner email addresses would not be such the bad thing. Mm. And, you know, if you use Gmail or you use Outlook, you can have them check or you could set those email addresses to forward to your main email address that mm-hmm. isn't known. And then at least then you have, uh, well, actually, well, I wouldn't forward them. I would. I would have them check from your Outlook or from your Google, your Gmail and bring the emails in since they're probably not super imperative emails anyway and probably not many since no one should have that email address in theory. So that way that if they do hack into that email address, they're not like, oh, there's the, there's the real email address. Let me go hack into that one now, now that mm. I have all this other information. And it just becomes a wave of terribleness. We have uh, to wow. be so careful. You have to put barbed wire around all your accounts. <laughs> <laughs> Man, that's already. Yeah, God, yeah. God forbid you get into my Twitter account and go wild. I mean, everybody will be like, "Oh, she's doing you doing Twitter again." Oh, great! Look at that. Good for her. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I've neglected my Twitter account. That's what I'm saying. Yep, me yep, me too. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, I'm trying. Ghost town in there. Oh my gosh, there's like tumbleweeds going on on my Twitter account. Okay, are are we out of time, Joe? Are we done here? It's up to you. You want to? You have one more thing you want to talk about? Well, because we just talked about LastPass and locking down our accounts and being careful. My grind my gears is related. (laughs) We we could just you know this could be real quick. But yeah, right. It'll be, be real, quick, real quick. Ten minutes later. Typo, typo squatters, you are grinding my gears this week. If you haven't heard of typo squatting, sit down. In fact, squat. <laughs> we're talking about typo squatters. Typo squatters are the people that um, gobble up domains that are similar to mainstream domains. So the, 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 a typo squatter might have uh, googla.com, like G-O-O-G-L-A, like one letter off. And don't what go there. Yeah, don't go to any of these websites don't, that we might mention. Don't go there. Don't do it. So these typo squatters are counting on my sausage fingers mistyping a domain. It happens a hundred times a day, right? Um, and when I do, and I'm not paying attention, I go to a site and it looks really similar, maybe I even identical to the site that I wanted to land on. But because it's owned by a typo squatter, any link I click, you know, um, you know, I'm in danger of having getting a virus getting hacked. I don't know. Um, they have some examples of some famous typo squatting scams that happen to, to major, major companies. And it's, it's pretty scary because one, it's so easy to be a typo squatter and it's also super easy to fall victim to typo squatting. Mm. So, so in 2016, typo squatting was used to spread malware to anyone who had the bad luck of typing, don't type this, netflix.om <laughs> and citibank.om. Mm. Uh, .om is the domain suffix for Oman. Uh, cybersecurity researcher Brian Krebs reported a network of over a thousand domains using the country suffix for Cameroon um, .cm for major brands such as Hulu and Netflix that generated nearly 12 million visits 
over a three-month period. The opportunities for scams are numerous when a single missing letter can take a would-be victim to a completely separate site. So, ah, And it's so easy to do, so easy to do, but we don't want computer corona. Yeah, we don't want computer corona. Uh, Marcia says uh, this happened to Bank of America about a decade ago. Yeah, this is um, this is typo squatting is not a new thing, but I think maybe the the new part is that these um, these hackers are more sophisticated than ever, and the damage that they can yield is significant. Um, we're talking like you know tremendous damage to your to your business potentially, and you can personally be victimized as well. So mm. I don't know what we can do about typo squatting. Um, but they do suggest that as a business owner to go ahead and gobble up typo squat yourself. Go ahead and gobble up the domain names that would might be the most obvious typos in your domain so to protect yourself um so typo squat before you can be typo squatted mm-hmm. and, and that gets quite expensive very very quickly very like, I mean, quickly it could be, yeah it could like, be think of all the all the uh variations God, hundreds of thousands of variations surely yeah yeah i mean i i, I know i registered joe part well, because I didn't want somebody like when I say my name on a podcast, and if they can't see how my name is spelled, like how do you say Pardo? I've been called all kinds of names, you know, names over the over the phone. So you know, it's it's uh, it's just one of those things. But you, yeah, there's definitely the opportunity. In fact, I own indiepodcon.com. I n d i e n i and dy because you never uh, know you don't know how right. you spell it unfortunately i can't own indiepodcasters.com where uh, indy i only have the ie because the other one's not available currently so i know for a fact be. that you own more domain names than anybody i know are you serious i'm, really? I'm almost positive that's the i would I mean, think at- so I don't have to fact at, check it to know. Let me see here. I think I'm at like 50. I, I noticed the other day I had like 47 or something like that. Oh, my Lord. That I own. Um, okay. I'm not actually that far behind. <laughs> oh, my. Well. So showing 51. So 50, like 51. Yeah. 51 mm, domain names. Too right. darn many is what I. Well, wait know. till you start typo squatting yourself. That's going to triple. Quadruple. Yeah. 250 later yeah no and that's and the thing is it's not even cheap anymore so it's not like oh 99 cents a year like ah whatever yeah, like if i buy a hundred of them it's not a big deal right but you know at eight dollars and then it turns into like 14 or 15 dollars a year and then you times that by 10 and it's like oh it's 150 bucks right there and like then you times it by 50 and it's like whoa like now it's a real it's a it's a problem days renewal those renewals happen I, I, every every time like a renewal comes i'm like oh i gotta check this out like oh a lot of yep. times I, just, oh, I don't renew i'm like what was i thinking that was some <laughs> you know well, hair idea i had on a yeah. it's like it's better to own it than not own it so like yep. i mean i have a lot of them and, and they're all I, i've changed a lot of them to to set the ask so when it comes up not all of them, but there's quite Seriously, a few. Seriously, five minutes before we started recording, I did the same thing because I have them all set to, to manual. And I had an email that came through that said, oh, there's an automatic payment going through. I'm like, oh, which URL? Yeah, like, do I do it still need that anymore? Do I want that now? Do I want to pay for that? Anyway. So here, here, well, here's a question then. 
Okay. How long do you keep a defunct domain name, right? Because we, I changed Mid Atlantic Podcast Conference to Indie PodCon, Independent Podcast Conference. And how long do I hold on to the Mid Atlantic Podcast.com, Mid Atlantic Podcast Conference.com, and Podcast Mid Atlantic.com? Because uh, see, I would be holding on to them for quite a while. I would, because, I would hold because on because that's not just I'm holding them for fun. That is your IP. That is your. You know, you've still got videos going up in your membership that has got that name. So I would definitely be hanging True. on to those. Yeah. And who yeah. knows? You might do something with it. You know, you know, as Indie Podcast Conference grows, grows bigger so and it might be, you know, like a national conference, then this still gives you a pocket conference that you can do, um, you know, a more geographically specific conference. Mm. Yeah, would, you've got a brand around that. So it's a yeah. bit different, I think. It is yeah. a bit different. Yeah. Okay. Well, this was great, guys. This was I, great. I yeah. would love, um, I'd love you guys to let us know what you thought of the episode. I would love to know how many domain names you have parked that you are not using, but maybe someday will. Yeah. Anything. I'd love to know your boundaries. I, I'd love to know some creative boundaries and uh, how you're using them. Um, it's Joe's episode next week. It is, yes. yay, Joe! Yeah, I, thank you. I think we'll be uh, we'll be and we're and we're still one. experimenting here with the uh, the format and how like we were just talking prior to to getting on the mic here that like our goal is thirty minutes and I put that in air quotes for anyone that's listening to the podcast over at businessgeekspodcast dot com <laughs> and the you know the the question that I you know kind of brought up was like do we need to shoehorn so many topics so many segments and things into a half hour show I mean we're at forty four minutes now. But like, and that's okay, right? Because the goal is thirty minutes. But if it goes forty minutes, if it goes forty-five minutes, if it, heck, if it goes an hour, it's fine. But I, you know, I brought up the idea of like maybe we don't need to shoehorn so many things into one episode. We go much deeper into one topic and enable ourselves to like do some research, bring up some videos, or bring up some research right in you know here on the screen. And uh, so I, I, you know, we'd love to hear your feedback on what you think. Uh, we're, you know, what we're doing wrong, what we're doing right. Uh, how I, I'm jealous that Lisa only has five domains. Oh, You're not jealous, Joe. Domains. You yeah, are yeah. not jealous. My bank account is jealous. Okay. That's a girl who's focused. She's focused and she knows what she wants and she's going for it. Five domains. Yep. I, I could not, could not agree more. Uh, Let's see, uh, Marcia, uh, was it Marsha? Is that how you said? Yeah, Marsha wants us to go deep on online security. What are you talking about? Didn't we just do that? How? What are, where are we? What are we gonna do now? Well, I mean, I can, I can, I can, I could definitely talk more to that uh, to online security. So, but okay. I, I, I might, I might lose you in the process. But I'll try. I could try. I, I could, in a future episode, get subscribed so uh, you you can follow along here. But yeah, no, I, I, I want to know, like, what what are we doing right? What are we doing wrong? What could we be doing more of? Write us your questions over questions questions and comments and, and theories uh, and ideas over at, oh, at uh, questions at businessgeekspodcast.com. Uh, if you've enjoyed this episode of the Business Geeks Podcast, please share it with the business geek in your life. 
And uh, and we will see you all next Monday at 5 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time or Tuesday, 7 a.m. Australian Eastern Time right here at Facebook.com slash Business Geeks Podcast. Everybody, have a great week. I hope you and your families continue to stay safe and, uh, and, and warm or cold, depending on uh, <laughs> cool or warm, depending on what part of the world you're in. Take care, everybody. See you next week.